God, I thank you, Lord, that you love me no matter what. I thank you that I can come to you freely with whatever request, no matter how small or how big or how crazy, and that you hear me. Lord, I thank you that you chose me. God, I praise you for for your greatness, for your mercy, for your love. Lord, I pray that you would use me, God, but it would not be about me, but it would be about all about you, Lord, that you would receive the glory. Lord, I pray that if someone here does not know you, Lord, that they would find you, that they would experience you, that you would change their life. God, I pray that if someone here is struggling, Lord, that they would leave a changed person. Lord, I pray that you would help us to live out our faith, to walk out in our faith, and to be changed people outside of these doors, God. I pray that we would let our light shine and do mighty things for you and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, if you could open up to Matthew 14, 22. Again, if you want to be at the Children's Ministry Workday, please sign up so we can have enough food for you. Plug that one more time. Okay, Matthew fourteen twenty two. Immediately, oh, I'm reading out of the NLT, if it sounds a little different. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a, strong, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once, Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on this water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the other side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified. He began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. All through Matthew, up to this point, people and disciples have been following Jesus. They have experienced these miracles. In Matthew 4, um, he is healing the sick and diseased. Matthew 8, Jesus heals a man with leprosy. Peter's mother-in-law, he calmed the storm. Matthew 9, Jesus heals a paralyzed man, heals the blind. Matthew 14, Jesus feeds 5,000, and that's where we're at now. So Jesus had just fed 5,000, and they're all going on a boat to go to the other side. The disciples had been with them the entire time. They had seen the stuff that Jesus was doing. This wasn't new to them. Jesus had done some crazy awesome stuff. You would think that after seeing all this, they would think, this man is not an ordinary man. Something's got to be different about this Jesus. He says he's our Savior. He must be true. It must be true. He must be real. But they still, for some reason, I guess, doubted. The first reaction was when they saw Jesus walking to them. I can imagine. I would have probably peed myself. But they see Jesus walking to them, and their first reaction is, it's a ghost. A ghost? A ghost? Out of all the stuff, a ghost. They've seen Jesus do all kinds of miracles, yet 
They don't believe that it's him. They don't believe that, oh, he could walk on water. They automatically assume it's a ghost. Why wasn't their first response? That's Jesus. That's the Jesus that he healed people. He took the diseases. He casted out demons. That's got to be Jesus. That's not a ghost. That's Jesus. They have followed him continually, but they still need assurance. They still have that doubt. They still need to know, how do I know that's Jesus? How do I know it's not a ghost? Really, a ghost. But So Peter asked him, God, or Jesus, if it's you, Lord, call me out into the water. Why would he ask that? Because there was that little bit of doubt, that little bit of doubt that could have grew and grew and grew. And Jesus said, okay, come on out. Come on out. Walk. When we ask God to grow our faith and to do miracles, don't expect that he's not. When we ask God to do something, don't stand back and go, oh, did, did that really happen? I, if, Peter, if Peter asked that, he should have expected that it was going to happen. You can't ask God to call you out on the water, and then once you get out there, you freak out and panic. You were the one that asked God to call you out there, so why are you panicking? God, we pray that you would heal me, that you would touch me, that you would deliver my family. And then when it does, we're like, hold on, what? You asked him, why are you freaking out when he did the exact thing you asked? Peter said, if it's you, call me out. Jesus said, okay, come on. Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in Ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it, and it will be yours. These scriptures, everyone knows. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And, to the, one, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to the children, how much would your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Psalms 5.3, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. And I wait expectantly. Did Peter expect that Jesus would call him out? How our prayer life would change if we prayed expectantly. If when we got on our knees, we were expecting something. And we said, you know what? I'm not getting up saying, God, if you do that, okay. But I'm going to expect it. When is the last time we prayed with expectancy? When is the last time we expected God to come through? We go to Christ and we pray almost as a fearful child, no offense to the children, a a fearful child that's going to a big scary man. And we're, God, if you don't, I mean, if you're not busy, I know you're a big God, but could you please kind of hear me? No, God is not like that. God is not like that. When you ask him something, he will do it. When you ask him to come through, he will do it. So go to him expecting that he's going to go through and it's going to happen. I almost imagine Peter being kind of surprised when God said, or Jesus said, come on. I can see him saying, oh, no, what did I just get myself into? I didn't think it actually really happened. I didn't think you would actually really call me out here. So I can see him on the edge of the boat like, okay, guys, I'm going to try this. Am I really going to walk on water? Am I really going to walk on water? 
David said, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. God, I expected to walk on water is how it should be. God, if I asked you to help me to get to you, I should have expected that I can step on that water and walk straight to you. Lord, I wait expectantly because I know you hear me and you hear my voice and you hear what I ask. Peter couldn't ask God to call him and not expect him to do it. We can't pray for something without expectations. If you're praying and not expecting God to do something, you might as well stop praying. I know that's harsh, but why even pray? Why waste your time if you're not expecting the Lord to show up and if you're not expecting God to carry you through and if you're not expecting God to say, okay, come out on the water? Why even pray? If you don't have expectations, don't pray for our church to grow and then freak out when it does. When you see all these families come in, families that are different, that are stepdads, stepmoms, 15 kids, crazy kids. Don't expect people or don't freak out when we prayed this. This really convicted me because when I became children's pastor, I was like, I'm going to pray that we would get kids. So I prayed. I said, God, bless our children's ministry. Grow us in numbers. Grow us spiritually. Let my kids dive into the word. Give us new families. And then when I get 12 four-year-olds, I'm freaking out. What do I do with 12 four-year-olds? They're running around like crazy animals. Did I not pray expecting that? Did I not pray expecting that new families would walk through that door with four-year-olds and six-year-olds and eight-year-olds? Did I not pray expecting that God would hear me and do exactly what I asked? So why am I freaking out? And why am I doubting the children's ministry and doubting, what do I do with 12 four-year-olds? Who's going to teach 12 four-year-olds? How do I keep 12 four-year-olds? I prayed that. I should have expected it, and God did come through. So Peter steps out. He's walking on water, something myself I have never done. I'm not sure if any of you have, but I've never walked on water. Peter told God to call him out there, and he was fine as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. I'm sure Peter, in his human flesh, and I I don't know Peter, so I'm just speaking for maybe what I assume. Um, I assume that he would think, God, I'm going to walk on water, but I want you to do it my way. Could you calm the waves I don't want any rain. Could you make it shallow in case I slip and fall? That way I can walk on water. We want to have control. That's how we are these days. God, we pray for, Lord, we pray for something, but can I have it my way? I don't know which fast food restaurant that is, but that's their slogan. Can we have it my way? Thank you. God, I'm going to walk on water, but I'm going to need you to take care of this and make sure it's a smooth walk. God, I'm going to ask for this prayer request that you would heal this person, but do it this way. Lord, I'm praying for that financial blessing, but I need exactly this at this time in this bank account in this many uh, dollar bills. We want it our way. As soon as he looked around and saw what was going on both sides, the wind, the waves, he began to sink. As soon as Peter saw that it was going to be difficult and it was going to be challenging, he sunk. As soon as he realized that walking to God wasn't just roses and fields of lilies that you were leaping to in one of those little Lifetime movies, when, as soon as he realized it wasn't going to be easy, he sunk. As soon as he realized, oh my gosh, this may cost a little bit. This may hurt a little bit. This may be a little bit difficult. He sunk. When we take our eyes off Christ, we will sink. We will fail. When we start to focus on what's on this side and what's on this side and what's under us and what's above us, we will fail. Once we realize and start focusing on the storm that's hitting, we will sink. 
When we see the hardships and the rough times and we don't keep our eyes on Christ, we will sink. It's easy, so easy to walk in faith and be a strong, faith-believing Christian when everything is easy. It's easy to let your light shine when life is perfect. It's easy to shout and praise the Lord when life is going great. It is so easy, but life is not easy. Please raise your hand if life has been easy since you've become a Christian. If life has been easy since you've become a Christian. Life is not easy. Life is not easy. We say, God, I want to be a great person that just jumps in faith. I just want to jump out of the boat and walk on water and walk to you and believe in you. But you don't expect me to walk out in faith when all the stuff is around, when there's storms and waves. You don't expect me. Really, God? I want to have that faith, but I can't. It's just too much. Christ didn't say, come on, Peter, to the peaceful waters, and let's walk around enjoying the peaceful waters. God didn't say, Jesus didn't say, it's going to be easy, Peter. Just leap out in a few steps, and you'll be to me. We will experience rough waters. We will experience hardships, but you can't take your eyes off Christ. When you ask God to help you with something, it may have come along with some rough waters, but keep your eyes on Christ. Don't think because it's tough that he's left you. Don't think because it's tough he's moved farther away. Don't think because it's tough he's gone. He's waiting for you. He hasn't moved. You just got to keep your eyes focused on him. God will lead you. He will guide you, but you have to step out of the boat and you have to move. And it's not just stepping out on the boat and saying, okay, I'm standing here in faith. I got this. I'm standing here. You got to walk. Jesus said, come on to me. He didn't say, step out and experience a little bit of something, and then that's good enough. No, he said, walk. It's a walk that shows faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We interpret the scripture as believing in something we can't see. We believe in a God that we can't physically see. We believe in wind, even though you can feel it, you can't see it. And I like to interpret this a little bit different. And Lord, if it's wrong, please convict me. But sight is so important to us. We love to see. If you've ever been blind, you know that it's difficult to do things without sight. Anyone seen the Febreze commercials where they blindfold people and they put them in like smelly cars or a locker room or they put them in a dumpster and they uh, spray Febreze and they put them like on a comfy couch, but in reality it's like disgusting and it's nasty. And they're like, oh, it smells like a meadow of wildflowers, or it smells like clean laundry. It smells so nice. That's how I picture us wanting life, and that's how we would, we would, it'd be so much easier for us to handle life. If we could be blindfolded, if Peter could have been blindfolded and said, okay, Jesus, I got no sight, and I'm just going to walk to you, I'm pretty sure he would have probably made it, because he wouldn't have had those eyes to take off of Jesus. He wouldn't have had his eyes to use and help him, or to be a stumbling block. He let his eyes mess him up. I think when it says walk by faith, not by sight, it's not ne- it is saying believe in something you don't see, but it also is saying give God your physical sight. Because things of this things that God does, you can't always explain with your eyes. Jesus wants us to be able to give Jesus wants us to be able to give our sight to him and all that we see physically around us, not care, and just to focus on him. If we could live in the world where we're blindfolded and we could just live according to his voice and say, I don't have to look at the stuff of this world. I don't have to look at the junk. I don't have to look at the sin. I don't have to focus on what's going on around me. If I can just hear your voice, life would be easy, but it's not like that. Sorry. 
you see things. You see the bad doctor's report. I see the zero dollars in my account, but I don't care because I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I don't care what I physically can see because I know who my father is, and I'm going to look to him. I'm going to keep my eyes on him. I don't care what I can physically see. Peter's eyes are what messed him up. If we could just keep, if he could just keep his eyes on Jesus and walked by faith and not using his sight, he would have made it. When we get the mindset of, I don't care what's on both sides. I don't care how big the waves are. I don't care how big the storm is. I don't care what I have to go through. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. That's when you will grow. When it doesn't matter what the devil is throwing at you, when it doesn't matter what you feel is happening in your life, if it is all crumbling down, I promise you, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, he will see you through. It doesn't matter how messed up it gets. He will always see you through. But you have to keep your focus on Christ. Peter messed up, and he fell, and he sunk because he didn't keep his eyes on Christ. If there's th- two things you can remember, remember that more, it's more than just a step of faith. you got to move, and Christ never moved. Christ never backed up and said, come on, Peter, come on, Peter, come on, Peter. No, he stood there and said, come on. And it was Peter that messed up. It was Peter that took his eyes off Christ. Christ was standing there the whole time, and Christ is waiting for us to move. But how thankful I am that when we mess up, he catches us. And when Peter messed up, God ran, Jesus ran to him and said, I love you and I will catch you. Yes, you have little faith, but I'm still here. Many of you know this song. I'm going to read you some lyrics. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand, and I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When ocean rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand, you be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. So I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith may be stronger in the presence of my Savior, for I will call upon your name. Keep my eyes above the waves. My soul will rest in your embrace. I am yours and you are mine. God, wherever you call me, whether it's high waves, whether it's storms, whether it's hardships, whatever you call me, I don't care how deep that water is because I am yours and you are mine. I will keep my eyes focused on you. I know this was a short message and probably a message that seemed kind of, well, I don't know what kind of message it seemed according to you, but It's more than just what we can see, and it's more than just standing there in our life and just saying, okay, I got faith, that's all. We got to walk to Jesus. We got to get to Jesus. We got to keep our eyes on Jesus, no matter the junk that's going on. I know life is not easy. Life is hard, but if you keep your eyes on it, he will bring you through. I'm going to open these altars for 
if, first of all, if you just want to pray, go ahead. But also, if you need to strengthen your faith, if you say, God, I'm taking my eyes off you, help me. Lord, I've slipped up and I've started to look to the left and I've started to look to the right. God, I've started to look in people and I've started to look what's going around me and I've started to lose faith. The altar's here and Jesus will meet you here. He'll meet you actually back there too. He'll meet you wherever you want. But And also, if you just need reassurance, God, I, I, I'm losing sight of you. Help me to keep my focus on you. Help me not to trust what my eyes see, but to trust you. So the altar's open. Feel free to pray. You can pray there too. I like to pray.